podcast contains mature content. The views and opinions expressed by the co-hosts are not necessarily those of the host. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Smacking It Raw, episode 57. I am your host, the warden Matt Ritter, and I am here with my co-host, Travis Pointer. And unfortunately, uh, I do not have a special intro today, so we're just going to go with this. I see the look on Travis's face. Very disappointed. I'm like, what, what, what the fuck? Well, Travis, I explained to you that my stomach's been bothering me before we started the podcast. Uh, due to it bothering me, I didn't really have time to prep anything uh, before I came out on here. So, uh, yeah. Whatever, man. I'm, I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. Not hurt. Just disappointed. Fortunately, though, we do have a lot to talk about, especially from Raw and SmackDown. It was a uh, very... In my opinion, it was a very good follow-up to what we got at SummerSlam. Uh, I like the direction we're going in. Um, And we're also... um, We're also going to talk about Hell in a Cell, King of the Ring, 1998. Interesting. We'll be talking about that. I have plenty to say about that. Beautiful. Before we do all of that, though, let's get into the news and rumors. Right off the bat, and uh, Travis, this may be a candidate for your travesty of the week. I don't know if you have one picked out or not. I was listening to 83 Weeks, and Eric Bischoff admitted to the fact that while he was working for WWE, he convinced Stacey Keebler to not pose for Playboy. If I ever meet Eric Bischoff face-to-face... We might have to fight. She was offered a deal. She came to karate training in his background with martial arts and shit. Fuck it. We're going to have to fight. He owes me an apology. Like I was saying, she was offered the uh, Playboy opportunity. She came to Eric and asked Eric what he thought. And he said, well, let me ask you this. How do you think your father would feel about it? And apparently her, her father was a blue-collar worker, and she realized that it would be very embarrassing to him with all of his coworkers, so on and so forth. And due to his feelings, she decided not to do it. And then Eric said, you know what? It's one of the things I regret the most doing, and I'm really kicking myself for it now because you bet I would have bought the fucking copy if it came out, but I talked her out of it. My thing with that is you can lay that, you know, that reasoning behind it, that, you know, that question, like, what would your father think? But then you have to ask the connect, the next question. Would your father look at a playboy? Cause my thing is, yeah, he'd look at all these other women. So like, Oh, and he's going to be a hypocrite about his daughter. Also all the bras and panty matches. Yeah. Yeah. She did all that too. Evening gown matches. Yeah. He's going to be embarrassed. He'd be embarrassed already. Like, come on now. But like, I, I, but I'm I'm weird like that. Well, I don't even know if that's really weird, but like that kind of stuff wouldn't bother me. It's just okay. She falls for Playboy. You you know, it is Playboy. It's not like you know some random raunchy magazine. They their nudes in their you know, magazines are actually tasteful. You know, so they well, were were they're not anymore. They don't do nudes anymore. But no, they went back to doing nudes. When? Uh, earlier this year, I believe. Are you sure about that? 93% sure. We'll have to look into that because I'm pretty sure. Because I feel like if they did go back to it, I would have I heard about it. Well, that's the thing. 
I remember them stating that they were going back to it, but I haven't seen anything noteworthy as far as Playboy acquisitions to where I'd want to go and check out a Playboy. So there's that. Mm. We'll look into this further. Rolling over from uh, the Divas to the women's wrestling, this weekend they will be deciding the first ever NXT UK women's champion. Uh, They've got a UK special going on. I do not know if or when it will be airing on the network. Um, But NXT UK women's championship matches will happen and the champion will be decided this weekend. Okay. Cool. Um, This kind of uh, goes with a little bit of SmackDown, but Eric Rowan tore his bicep at SummerSlam which may lead into something that happened that we will talk about on SmackDown. That isn't necessarily a bad thing, but he will be having surgery on his biceps, so he will be out, uh, which means we won't see much of the Bludgeon Brothers, maybe Luke Harper, but nothing from Rowan for a while. Mm. And last but not least, and this is the rumors, Travis, so it was announced that Alexa Bliss will be taking on Trish Stratus at Evolution. Go ahead. I just want to point something out when they announced that match. Talking about they've said something that I'm like, you're wrong, and you're trying to sneak that in like I wasn't paying attention. They were like, Trish Stratus returns to the ring for the first time since whenever, blah, 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 way back when. I'm like, no, 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 no. She was in the ring at the Royal Rumble. She came back at the Rumble, all right? No, 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 no. This is her return to singles competition. But, yes, I'm, I agree with you. They should have said that then. You, you, you need to be accurate, all right? It's a small detail, but it's still a detail. I do agree. Um, other rumored matches for NXT Evolution, because they have promoted that there will be 50-plus women compete, or not competing, but uh, involved with Evolution, including the finals of the May Young Classic and all these other things that we've talked about. Um, Asuka versus Lita is a proposed match that is floating around. Also, Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey. Um, the reason I don't like that, we will talk about when we talk about Ronda Rousey, because I've got plans for Ronda. And WWE, if you're listening, you need to listen to my plans for Ronda. Well, I have plans for Ronda also, and all of my plans involve Paul Heyman. But go ahead. Mine don't, but I don't think you'd be disappointed with them. Uh, also, apparently, Michelle McCool. I'm sure. We will see. Uh, Michelle McCool is returning uh, to in-ring competition at Evolution as well. So this will be the first time in a long time that both her and her husband will be competing in competition, singles competition, um, in the same year. No, well, she was at the Rumble. I said singles competition. I made sure I fucking said singles competition, so you couldn't pull that shit. Just seeing if you're paying attention. All right, let's get into Monday Night Raw and... We're gonna. You want to save the big shit for the end of Monday Night Raw? Or you just wanna. You want to get into what happened right away? No, let's just talk about it, bro. All right. Roman started off the show, and this is nice guy Roman Reigns. This is WWE doing everything they can to make you like your new Universal Champion. But see, he comes out. You say they did everything, but you know they only had to do one thing. There was only one thing they had to do. Well, we're going to talk about that. So Roman Reigns comes out. I'm a fighting champion. 
and I'm going to defend my title. I'm going to defend it tonight, and I'm going to defend it against the one person that you all want to see have his universal title rematch that he never got. How long have I been talking about this shit? I understand. So he gives Finn Balor a shot at the title. Baron Corbin comes out, and he's like, hey, first off, which I agree with, I didn't get the match that I was promised at SummerSlam. I was supposed to fight Finn Balor. I got the demon. That is not the match I signed up for. That's the same fucking guy. All right. So he wants his rematch against Finn Balor. Kurt Angle thinks it's a good idea to let New Yorkers decide what we're going to do. I don't know where the fuck that came from. Yeah, they can be good people. So they clearly decide. I said it. Yeah. Fuck your pizza. Go ahead. They clearly decide they want Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns over Baron Corbin versus Finn Balor, which I also don't agree with because really? uh, he, clear, he clearly deserved that rematch. Um, instead, Baron Corbin gets Bobby Lashley. And let me say, for the powerhouse that Lashley has been billed, I was fairly surprised in the booking of this match and how much offense they gave Baron Corbin. And I'm glad it wasn't a squash match like the match he had at SummerSlam. But Bobby Lashley won that match. Corbin isn't happy. What? I'm so sick of this. Hey, hey, going to Baron Corbin, especially what we're going to talk about where Baron Corbin's at now, from Elias is still a step in the right direction, Travis. They had him right there at the main event, though, and they just snatched it away from him. And we find out tonight why they snatched away from him and where they're planning on going. And we'll talk about that too. Um, Corbin isn't happy with Kurt Angle. Neither am I. And neither is Stephanie McMahon. Later on in the show, Stephanie McMahon relieves Kurt Angle. I'm not happy with Kurt Angle. I just told you I'm not happy with Kurt Angle because Baron Corbin clearly deserved a rematch and he took that away from me. I want to see Baron Corbin get his fair match against Finn Balor. And I didn't get that. Okay, bullshit. Okay, go ahead. Kurt Angle was told that he needs to take a vacation by Stephanie. Baron Corbin is now acting GM of Raw, and I couldn't be happier. I'm sure. We roll over to our main event, which is Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns. Finn Balor has been given fair warning by Braun Strowman, who is in the building, that what he said last night still rings true tonight. Get these hands. He is a man. He is going to let him know whoever wins that match is going to get these hands. Reigns beats Finn Balor. Wait a minute, because here's the thing. This is something I need to talk about. And it was, I was listening to the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, you know, and Wade Keller pointed this out. And I realized you like, you know, I didn't give this its proper due the night of the pay-per-view, the night of SummerSlam, the way they perfectly orchestrated this. Like, they kicked the match off with Baron, with uh, not Baron Corbin, with Braun Strowman coming out and basically telling the crowd, like, yo, I know you don't like either one of these people, but guess what? Whoever wins, I'm about to fuck them up. So it's okay. It doesn't matter. I listen to the same podcast. I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, and he's just like, yo, you all can just cheer for the match. Just just watch the match normally. It's cool. And then they, like, flipped it on us and had Brock beat the shit out of the dude that was going to make that happen 
So everybody cheered when Roman Reigns fucked him up, and then they cut the pay-per-view off before people realized that Braun Strowman wasn't going to cash in. They were still cheering for Roman. They went off the air with Roman Reigns holding the belt up and the crowd still cheering. That was fucking brilliant. Like, it's just... I didn't really appreciate that at the time, the brilliance. And I'm not often one to give them this kind of credit, but I give them credit for this shit. That was smart as fuck. I'm with you. So, and I'm with you on that, but I realized it before Wade Keller said it, and the reason I realized it is because on Sunday, uh, he's in on the group as Necro Gamork. His real name is Zach. He posted this meme, and it's pictures of Vince having a conversation with Kurt Angle. It says, I don't think the Brock Roman is a good idea. Why? I think the crowd is going to hijack the show. Vince says, I've got a plan. Kurt says to cash in to save the match. He says, better. They'll think he's coming to cash in, so they'll have to watch Roman and celebrate until we go off the air. But he'll never cash in. And then Kurt Angle looks confused and says he's gone mad. That meme is exactly what the fuck happened. It is. It is exactly what the fuck happened. And I'm just like, ah, you are so good. Fuck Mm -hmm. But you are so good. And it doesn't stop there. So we get Reigns versus Balor, which is a great match. Braun Strowman comes down to the ring near the end of the match. Balor gets speared. He gets pinned one, two, three. Braun comes in, ready to cash in, beats down Roman. And then... Sierra Hotel, India, Echo, Lima, Delta. Bruh. Bruh. They found the one way that people will cheer for Roman Reigns when he's part of the shield. That is it. That is the only way that people cheer for Roman Reigns. Well, see, now, Travis, I don't even agree with that because he was part of the shield uh, when they did the face run for the shield, and that wasn't too long ago before Dean Ambrose got hurt. But But they cheered for the shield at that point but they still were booing Roman Reigns. And he came out by so, himself. When he was with the other members of the Shield, they cheered him. Let me ask you this. Do you realize what is really happening right now with the Shield coming down, beating down Braun Strowman? The bell never rang, so he didn't officially cash in. So he's still the monster in the bank. Power bombing him through a table, watching him take on all three guys. We, as the internet wrestling community, have been saying for so long, just turn Roman heel. All we want is a heel Roman Reigns. And now they gave it to us in the biggest fuck you way possible. And it was fantastic. It's like, we're going to turn Roman heel, but we're also going to turn Dean and Seth heel too, because you're not expecting it to happen. I'm okay with that. Like, that's the thing. I think Dean should be a heel. He's better as a heel anyway. Seth, great as a fucking heel. I don't like Roman as a face. I'm okay with that too. Turn them all heel. Do it. Are we sure they're heels though? We're not. I'm just saying if that's the case, I'd be okay with that. We are not sure they're heels. Was this just a thing with them just helping their boy out this one time? Are they really together like that? Like, what's going to happen? We don't know for sure. We speculate that this is going to be a continuing thing, but we don't know. I am fairly certain that Dean 
and Seth are going to be around as Roman's insurance policy, specifically for Braun Strowman. Here's the thing, though. You're going to have to do something with Dean because you got Seth with the IC title. You got Roman with the world title, with the universal title. Dean is just kind of there. Eventually, he's either going to have to notice, give a fuck about something because this can't last like that forever. It's It seems like they were heels. Obviously, Braun Strowman is one of the biggest baby faces. I want that so much. Like I, I agree. Oh, I want that so bad. It would be obviously. I just refuse to believe that it's actually happening because it would be too perfect. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Obviously, Braun Strowman is the biggest baby face on Raw right now. Them attacking him and power bombing him through the table. Them coming to Roman's aid. Their mannerisms after the attack on Braun Strowman would lead one to believe that they have gone heel, but we won't really find out, hopefully until next week. We might not even find out next week. They may play this out. I am intrigued. Like, I'm, like, looking forward to Raw next week. Like, the first time in a long time, I'm like, I can't wait for Raw next week. Every other time, most most of the time, I'm just like, yeah, I'll watch Raw next week. But this time, I'm just like, I can't wait to see what happens on Raw next week. That was not the only impressive thing that happened with the Shield. We also had a match earlier on in the night between Dean Ambrose and Dolph Ziggler where it seems like not only has Dean Ambrose jacked up, but other than his finisher, he has changed up his moveset quite a bit. Yeah, got some more power moves in there now. And he and that doing it. yeah, that dirty deeds was one of the more devastating dirty deeds I've seen him do. It actually, I was like, Okay, if you do it like that, like that I can get with. Yeah, before it was just a regular double-arm DDT that wasn't really all that, okay, whatever. But now it's just like, okay, okay, do it like that, and it's cool. Okay, do it like that all the time. So I enjoyed that. That was interesting. I'm glad to see he – because his moveset was getting stale, and it kind of seemed like he was walking through matches. He wasn't really enjoying it or doing anything. So this was kind of with his return. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you let him be a heel, that's when Dean is at his best Dean. So let him go heel and let him have fun. I don't know what they're going to do with Drew and uh, Dolph going forward now, uh, but we will see. I mentioned earlier. What? (laughs) They're moving to SmackDown somehow. They fit better on SmackDown. Probably. Um, I mentioned earlier that Stephanie was in the building. Uh, also, Triple H was in the building, and Paul Heyman was in the building. What'd you say? Can do trades? I don't know if they can do trades or not. Because I feel like if they can somehow make a trade and move Dolph and Drew to SmackDown and move Rusev, Aiden English, and Lana to Raw, it'd be a good fit. Possibly. So like I feel like they should do a trade. They should be they should do trades. Let's just assume they can do trades and say that's what they're gonna do. Go ahead, move on. Okay. Triple H, Stephanie, and Paul Heyman were all here tonight as well. They all stayed in Brooklyn. Triple H came out and cut a promo about how even though they've been telling us that there's going to be a Triple H Undertaker match for months now, that there's going to be a Triple H Undertaker match. Let's let's just get into this for a second. While Triple H is that damn good, he cut a great promo. 
I didn't care because we already knew this match was happening anyway. But it was a hell of a promo. However, oh yeah, no, he's great. However, I don't want it to happen. I do not want this match at all. Because that last match they had at Mania, that Hell in a Cell match, that end of an era match was perfect. I told you that I thought the Undertaker should have left after that. Like, he should have never come back after that match. All three of them should have never set foot in the ring again after that match. You know why? Because it's been downhill since then for all of them ever since. I disagree. How so? Undertaker CM Punk was fantastic. That was was after that match. It was a good match, but it wasn't necessary. You know why? Because after that match, he got to face Brock Lesnar. You know, that was downhill, and so was him losing to Roman Reigns. Yeah. But. Yeah. He didn't go away. He should have gone away after that match. It was perfect. It was the perfect ending to a great story. Maybe they give him one more match at a Survivor Series, which is the same pay-per-view he came in on, but that should have been it. That should have been the end. It was the perfect goodbye. That should have been the end. All three of them should have never set foot in the ring again. There was no way you were going to not get Triple H back in the ring. No, I that I would have wouldn't heard. have done it. I said that's what should have happened. I'm not saying yeah. I know that it would happen. I know Triple H's ego wouldn't let him not step foot in the ring again. Oh, he wasn't ready to quit at that point. He wasn't near ready to quit at that point. But uh, so we got this promo from Triple H where he pretty much told us stuff we already know in Triple H fashion. Um, speaking of going away, I was hoping Brock Lesnar was going to go away, but Paul Heyman went to have a conversation with Kurt Angle backstage saying that Brock Lesnar wants his rematch. And Kurt said, no. And Paul's like, it's his contractually obligated rematch. And Kurt's like, yeah, but that doesn't mean I have to give it to you anytime soon. Paul's like, well, I wasn't thinking soon. I give it to him anytime I feel like it. So... Yeah, look at Finn Balor. How long has it – it's been two years since Finn Balor got his. Um, so Paul's like, I was thinking hell in the cell, and Kurt's like, I'm thinking no. But now that Kurt's not around anymore and Baron Corbin's in charge, that may change. We'll see. We'll see. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <clears throat> Shield around. That could be a very interesting hell in the cell match. It very well could be. Um, the thing where they come out, they get bulk cutters, cut the shit open. The Hounds of Justice take down Brock together. Yeah, and with all that, I would, they somehow cheer the find shit a way. out of that. They somehow find a way because of that. They make Roman go full heel, and in that case, that makes Brock a face in a weird way. Uh, maybe not, because I'd still cheer the shit out of that. Here's the thing. You would because you just hate Brock that much. So it's fine. Because the fact that your Brock hate overrides your Roman, you're not going to control me thing, you know, lets me know that you would still be okay with, you know, fuck Brock. <laughs> you know? Yep. My- Travis, we got to roll on. Um, with Stephanie being there, we had Ronda's championship celebration. Stephanie comes out and pretty much takes credit for everything that Ronda is, everything that Ronda's done, calls Ronda her protege. And as she's about to announce her, Ronda comes out on her own. We have every Raw diva, including both the Bella twins, who I guess just stayed from the night before, at ringside. Ronda comes in and she's like, Steph, what are you doing? 
this isn't about me. This isn't about you. This is about all these people at ringside. Do you have them down there so you can look out, look down on them? Ladies, please come up here. Join me. Blah, 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 blah. Stephanie says that she's a disgrace to the champion. Ronda puts her in an arm bar. Half the people check on fucking Stephanie. Half the people are cheering with Ronda. But here's the thing, Travis, and this is what I was getting at. What's your what's the thing? Go ahead. This is what I would do. What would you do, Mr. Ritter? At NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, Shayna Baszler lost the NXT Women's Championship. She is the first female MMA competitor to come to WWE. She was here before Ronda. I'm glad you finished that sentence. Go ahead. She came. <laughs> and then you do it again. Stop. <laughs> she came to NXT. She went directly to NXT. Ronda shows up. She goes to the main roster. She loses her title the same night that Ronda wins hers. Ronda has overshadowed her and surpassed her in every way possible. What? Didn't Ronda win the next Yeah, with the next night. You know what I mean? The same weekend. Sorry, not the same night, the same weekend. Stephanie wants that kind of champion, so why not have Stephanie go get Shayna Baszler? Have Shayna come up, be Ronda's friend, have Shayna turn on Ronda, and be Stephanie's chosen one going into either Evolution or whatever pay-per-view they decide to do this at and have these two female MMA fighters slash professional wrestlers put on probably one of the most brutal women's matches we will have ever seen. And Shayna is a fantastic female wrestler. As rough as Ronda does look, and that might be part of her style and it does work for her, Shayna is a female wrestler, and she absolutely loves this shit. That's the thing. with Ronda, her stuff looks really jerky and rough and all that but on one hand it kind of works because of what her background is so i can it's like i can see how it looks kind of rough but like yo maybe it's just like you know she's an mma fighter she has a different style because the shit hurts you know so i don't want to see nikki versus ronda i want to see shayna versus ronda and i want to see shayna on stephanie's side i still i'm with you on that but here's the thing i want to see Paul Heyman go to Ronda and turn Ronda heel because he's just like, yo, look what I did for Brock. And you say like, you don't want to be Brock. You don't want to be like Brock is, but you need to look at how much money Brock makes. Brock is an attraction. They want Brock. They want Brock so bad. They'll pay him all this money to show up every other month because fuck it. I'm Brock Lesnar. You can be that. Like he need this. He sells the, her on that, turns her heel, and she becomes like Brock, and people like boo her and all that kind of shit. And she goes all evil and shit. The thing is, it's gonna take time because she loves this so much. She's so happy to be there, you know, and all that. They got to get her off of that and turn her to the person that's just like all cocky and shit. That takes I was gonna say, yeah, it's definitely down the road. It might even be after. This feud with Shayna Baszler, um, if she, because she'll probably keep the title through that. Maybe after WrestleMania, she's got to get some wins and some real confidence under her. And I don't see the money being what turns her. I mean, as the Million Dollar Man says, everybody has a price. Got a price. But 
where she's at now, I don't see that money being a factor. I, I feel like it's going to have to be something else. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, I'm picturing having Rhonda with Paul Heyman. It's just like, ah, if anybody can get Rhonda over, it is Paul Heyman. All right, Travis, let's get into not good enough for Hulu. And that'll close out raw for us. Bailey, Sasha, Ember Moon lose to the Riot Squad. Negative. Elias with a new guitar uh, versus Kurt Hawkins. Negative. You know what's disappointing about that, Travis? Kurt Hawkins actually came out and cut a fantastic fucking promo, and I actually thought this was going to be the one. He talks about how he's lost to – I was denied a great Kurt Hawkins promo. You were not only denied a great Kurt Hawkins promo, he had me convinced tonight was actually going to be the night that he broke his streak. Listen, listen, because I've never seen a good Kurt Hawkins promo before. And the fact that I was denied a Kurt Hawkins good promo, you know what that is? Is that a bigger travesty than the Stacey Keebler thing? That is the travesty of the week, sir. Like me being denied a good Kurt Hawkins promo is a travesty. All right. I will find that for you. I will tag you in that. Havoc. Havoc Ozzy. Shit either. They don't like that shit either. Like they don't like Uncle Travis being denied. I gotta stop him before he wakes up, Kate. Hold on. Uh, he's gonna go and take care of the dogs real quick because they be an asshole and they're gonna wake up his wife. And he doesn't want them to wake up the wife. You know, happy wife, happy life. So you got to get them together. What were you saying about me while I was gone? I was just saying you're going to go get the dogs right because you got to keep the wife happy. You know, happy wife, happy life. Yeah, I don't think that's exactly what you said. but uh, It actually is. When you listen back, you'll hear. That's exactly what I said. He is now at a 219 match losing streak after losing to Elias. 200. Yes. How is he so terrible? <laughs> Titus or, Worldwide. Or, or is it like Goldberg's winning streak where they just like made up a number every week, you know? That could be. <laughs> uh, I'm sure some of those count house show losses. I don't know. But uh, Titus Worldwide losing to the AOP. Negative. Now, this is interesting because it kind of looked like they have a thing going on between Apollo Crews and Dana Brooke backstage that Titus interrupted. Got a thing. And Titus was not happy. And Titus was also not happy after the match and says shit needs to change when they went to do the Titus worldwide. Why can't Apollo and Dana get their swerve on? Why is he? Why is he? You're going to have to ask Titus that. But I don't know if Titus realized that's what was going on. We saw it. He just walked up and interrupted it. I don't know if he noticed that. He was pissed off about losing for the 100th time and says some shit's got to change. And they're like, no, we'll figure it out. They went to go do the Titus worldwide. And he was just like, eh. He wanted no part of his own company. I mean, well, if you keep losing, I mean, I wouldn't be happy with it either. But. Did you see the Raw Tag Team Champions in action in singles matches? Nope. All right. Well, Dawson beat Bo Dallas, and then Curtis Axel challenges Dash Wilder to a match, even though Dash, the Revival, 
That's oh, Scott that's Dawson and Dash Wilder. I don't know their names because they don't do shit. So. so they told us before everything started, it's going to be Scott Dawson versus Bo Dallas. And then immediately after that, you're going to get Dash Wilder versus Curtis Axel. What was I watching when the B team talked to the Miz? Was that, was that at SummerSlam? Yes, that was at SummerSlam. Okay. okay. I'm like, I'm, I, I see the conversation in my head. I'm like, when did I see that? Okay, go ahead. So anyway, Curtis Axel comes in and he challenges Dash to a match that's already scheduled, which was fantastic. But he also loses. So now Dash has beat Axel. Dawson has beat Dallas. And then they cut a promo at the end saying, you may have beat us in singles matches, but you can't beat us as a tag team. We're a better tag team than we are. Or we're a better team than we are singles. So that feud continues. Um, as of right now, not good enough for Hulu. Bailey, Sasha, Ember, and the Riot Squad. Elias and Kurt Hawkins. Uh, Titus Worldwide, the AOP. And the Tag Team Champions, and the revival. I'm disappointed. I know you are, Travis. Let's roll into SmackDown. Uh, right off the bat. Like that Triple H promo didn't need to happen. I'd have been okay with seeing that. I will find you the Curtis Kurt Hawkins promo and I will send it to you. I appreciate that. I hate you. We need to get into SmackDown. On SmackDown, the Miz and Maurice come out. They're cutting a promo. It's the Miz's retirement from ever fighting Daniel Bryan again. He's crying, blah, 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 blah. Daniel Bryan's not having it. He comes out. He accuses the Miz of being a B-list actor cosplaying as a wrestler. Um, I chuckled at that. Then Maurice grabs the mic and tells him to just go home and quit wrestling and change his last name to Bella. I laughed at that too. Cue Brie mode and Brie Bella ran down the rampway, slid into the ring and punched the Miz right in the fucking face. And Maurice ran because she didn't want them problems. Which does not matter because general manager Paige has made a match for Hell in the Cell. It is the first match that we've gotten for Hell in the Cell. It will be a mixed tag team match, not intergender. We had to verify that for you last time. Bree and Daniel Bryan versus The Miz and Maurice at Hell in a Cell. Eh. I told you this was – well, no, I didn't because I wasn't there. Um, I would have told you if I had been on the SummerSlam pre-show that this was coming because of the backstage stuff that happened – uh, with Daniel Bryan after he got punched in the face, uh, him talking to Bree. I, I foresaw this, but I'm not on the after show, so I didn't get to tell you about it. Yeah. Eh. I don't care. Do you care? One of those matches is like, I understand why you did it. I just don't give a fuck. Well, did you care about Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton's feud or the fact that they had their match? Nope. The fact that Jeff Hardy got himself DQ'd and then they just did some brawling and we got a swanton through a table? Actually, not at all. I'm watching this whole thing and I'm just... I see it happening. I'm like, I know they want me to care. 
I know I'm supposed to be like, oh, Jeff Hardy's going all out because he's so angry at Randy Orton for what he did before, but I just didn't care. I'm not a fan of what they're doing with Randy Orton. If I were booking, I would send Randy Orton, and I know some people are going to be pissed at this, but I'd send Randy Orton down to NXT. Randy Orton was the legend killer. Let him be the rookie killer. Let him go down there and let him be the measuring stick where all of the rookies, Ricochet, Adam Cole, all these guys, need to take on Randy Orton and have him slaughter some people down there. I'm with you. Take it a step further. Don't limit him to NXT. Let him move around between Raw, SmackDown, and NXT and just take out people. But he just says, fuck you. But you just well, see, the reason... Who he thinks are eating at the table that he set. Let him take them all out on all three shows. Let him be I, that guy that's just bitter because he's bitter. I, I get what you're saying, and I'm with you, but I feel like there's more of a play in the rookie killer and these guys from the indies coming up and taking spots and taking time away from him more so than just other established stars. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean, but it can just be everybody that came up after him. You know what I mean? Because his whole thing, like he said in his promo about people eating at the table that he set. So go after people who came up after him that really don't have a lot going on. Like, he can go after the Dolph right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. People like that on every show until it turns into, like, some kind of multi-person match. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you on that. All these people who just want to get their hands on Randy Orton. Speaking of guys that came after Randy Orton, we had a promo from both The Bar and the club backstage. Listen, Matt, everybody on the roster came after Randy Orton. But go ahead. That's not true. That is not true. Who didn't? Who didn't? Who didn't that's on the roster? That's an that's active wrestler? That's the Undertaker. That, he is a special attraction. <laughs> he is not an active wrestler. It doesn't count. Brock Once again, special attraction that does not appear regularly. I'm talking about regulars. You didn't specify. You just said I'm on the roster. You that now. I'm roster. telling you that now. Gold dust. When's the last time you saw him on TV? Doesn't matter. He's out with an injury, but he's still on the roster. Exactly. Active. And he's not a special attraction. Active on the roster. I said active. I remember saying the word active. The bar wants the tag team champions. The club wants the tag team champions. They're going to have to fight for who gets the tag team champions. I don't give a fuck what either one of those teams want because they both suck. Move on. Which was decided in a match between the New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers as to who the tag team champions would be. Where the fuck are the Usos? With the New Day winning... Why are you ignoring my comments right now? Because we are running short on time and we still have to get to hell in a cell. You don't know what the time is right now. Only I do. Okay. Um, (laughs) The New Day beat the Bludgeon Brothers as we talked about it. Rowan has a torn bicep. He needs to go in for surgery, which may be the reason for this quick rematch. I'm not saying why they won. I'm saying for the fact that they won immediately after SummerSlam. Stop being racist. It was a no DQ match. 
They are the five-time, five-time, five-time tag team champions. My favorite part about this was the backstage segment where they went up to Big E to ask him about his ribs, and he started saying how he liked his ribs cooked as he was eating ribs out of a bag. And they're like, no, no, your actual ribs. And he goes, oh, yeah, no, they're no good. I really thought that somehow he was going to interfere in this match and get them the win, but it didn't happen. And I kind of like So did I. I kind of liked that he didn't do that. It was just like, you know, you rarely see the combination of Kofi and Xavier. You always have some kind of combination of one of them with Big E. So, yeah. Speaking, because you brought the Usos up, uh, Jimmy Uso's wife, Naomi, was actually in competition on fucking SmackDown. Why didn't you mention the fact they just had a birthday? They just had a birthday. Thank you. Acknowledge the fact the Usos got a year older, all right? They got a year older, and one of their wives... Our planet in relation to the sun is important, all right? (laughs) If we go over, I'm putting that on you. Dude, I have no idea where we're at right now on time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Naomi lost to Peyton Royce. Um, The Iconic surprisingly got a win. It was good to see Naomi back on SmackDown, even though she lost. It was good to see her again. I had been missing her, like, for real. Rusev and Lana finally beat Zelina and Andre, Andrade Cien Almas. Almas tried to come in with a chair. Aiden in for the save. It's a big happy threesome. They're all back together. The devil's threesome. The devil's threesome? Oh, yeah. I got you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Becky came out and cut a heel promo. It was fantastic. Charlotte stole her spotlight. The fans don't really appreciate her. I'm glad we finally got here because the problem with this is no matter what Becky does, the fans like her more than Charlotte. Here's the thing. Charlotte is very, very good as a heel. Let her do that. Let Becky just be that frustrated face who's angry at this friend who bullied her way into her match. Flip that shit. Let Charlotte go to the point where she's just like, yeah, I got this match because I'm better than you. Let her be cocky. Let her be the fucking nature boy's daughter. All right? Like. I'm not with that. And the reason I'm not with that. Do it. Why? Because I've seen Charlotte as a heel, you're right. The flares are better as heels, but I haven't seen what Becky has to offer, and this is her chance to show us what she can do as a heel. I at least want to give her some time to show me what she can do as a heel before I discount it and put her right back as a baby face, which wasn't working for her to begin with. Here's the thing. I hear what you're saying, but the thing is people don't want to boo Becky because they feel what going through. They want to cheer for her. Even when she did, like, her heel promo in the ring, they were still cheering, Matt. Like, like, because here's the thing. Like I said before, I understand. I feel it. What the fuck are you doing in my match? Like, I earned this singles opportunity. You just insert yourself in. Even when she did her heel turn at the, at the up, you know, at SummerSlam, she didn't get booed. There were cheers happening, dude. Like, I'm with you. I, I get what you're saying. I just I want to give her a chance to get the fans to turn on her. You know, they were very high on her. Turning on Charlotte, like you said, isn't going to do it. So let's give her a chance. 
to at least try to be a heel before we switch her right back to babyface immediately. Um, the thing it wouldn't even really feel like a switch. It just you continue down this road and just let Charlotte do the turn more than Becky does a turn, and it's just like let Charlotte be like, yeah, fuck you. I got my opportunity. I earned it. What you gonna do? Well, after the promo that she cut where she blamed the fans for not really supporting her. And they still cheered, Matt. But heels get cheered all the time now. Now it's actually heels get cheered and faces get pooed. That's why you use that shit. You don't try to fight it. You use it. Well, we're going to have to agree to disagree, and we're going to have to move on. Uh, Charlotte comes out for a fight. They start going at it. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. I don't agree with you. You've said your piece. I hear what you're saying. I just don't agree. It is what it is. Paige sent the entire women's locker room out to separate Becky and Charlotte. They need to teach these women how to do pull-aparts. They were fucking up. Yeah, because they let Charlotte go, and Charlotte got right in there. They just like they really just let her go and watched her do it. Like, I need you to actually like act like you're trying to hold her back. Like, do better. Uh, Paige was also fantastic, not only with this segment, but also the backstage segment with the Miz and Maurice, where they were complaining about the Hell in a Cell match, and she threw the Miz's catchphrase in his face, and the little hand thing, and fucking uh, Maurice's face, and just kind of walked off, dropped the mic, match is still happening, don't give a fuck what you have to say. She also had a backstage segment with Carmella where Carmella said, don't title shame me, which I thought was fucking hilarious. I did. I did, too. I was with you on that one. I laughed heartily. Also, as Carmella was asking for her rematch, our truth came in, said Carmella's been ducking him. This is my favorite part of the whole week. (laughs) He wants his rematch. Uh, or he wants his match so he can get a title match. They explained to him that just because Becky and Charlotte got a title match that way, it doesn't work for him. They asked him to leave. After Carmella was giving her rematch against Charlotte one-on-one next week, she walks away, and then they're yelling at R-Truth to put down Carmella and leave her alone. I was cracking up. <laughs> what the fuck? I need this to go on for ever i need to never end it was so damn funny dude (laughs) and last but certainly not least not at all aj style came out to cut a promo on the stage he was attacked from behind by samoa joe he was choked out to which joe or i'm sorry while he was getting interviewed by renee young on the stage the crowd was chanting who's your daddy that was funny Joe chokes out AJ and then addresses Wendy through the cameraman who he grabbed and pulled to him. I have been saying for a long time that the element that's been missing from WWE storytelling is they don't make it personal anymore. This is a personal feud. And the fact that it is so good proves the point that these are the kinds of stories that they should be telling to draw people in. If the, Problem is they center so many stories around just the titles, and it's just like, yo, listen, the way you sell these characters, JR talks about it all the time. And it's just like, yo, you need to get personal issues between people. 
sell the personal issues. You can't just sell the fact that this guy's champion. I want to be champion. That's boring. Why do I want to fight you? Why do I want to fight you? Because fuck you. Why, why, why fuck you? <coughs> no, you just, you're being a dick about my family. Fuck you. So I'm going to whoop your ass. Imagine if Paul Heyman had hyped up the fact that Brock Lesnar was going to leave Roman so broken he couldn't play with his daughter anymore. Or if Roman Reigns had gone after Sable and said, maybe you should leave Brock and come spend some time with the real man. Listen, if somehow Sable showed up on television during this whole thing, you know how happy that would have made me? Very happy. Very, very, very happy. And then somehow, I know this would never happen in a million years, like Sable comes out with Paul Heyman and Brock, and just as a fuck you, Roman comes out with Jackie. (laughs) That definitely won't happen. What is going to happen, Travis, is you're going to tell me who's going over this week. The New Day. And who's jobbing out? This week, jobbing out. I just need you to give me a moment of silence right now. A moment of silence. That's not long enough. Longer than that. Sign your dime. Show perfect reverence. All right. Bow your head. Close your eyes. Actually did it. <laughs> you don't have someone, you don't have someone jabbing out this week, do you? You don't know that. You don't know that at all. I very well could have somebody. I might have forgotten. You don't know, or maybe I do have somebody this whole time. Maybe well, I'm for me the shield's going I'm over. Not. For me the shield's going over, and for me Kurt Hawkins is jabbing out. I was going to say Titus Worldwide is jobbing out. I was just like really just like fucking with you. But no. All right, Travis, tell me your thoughts on Hell in a Cell. We watched Hell in a Cell from King of the Ring 1998, Mankind versus The Undertaker, which actually after that match was over, it bled into the main event, which was Austin and Kane a little bit as well. Um, seeing this. I didn't keep watching. Did they leave the cage down or they just lower it again afterwards? I think it was lowered again. I also – I so what I do is I'll watch these clips, and then so it doesn't stay in my continue watching, I fast-forward, and I fast-forwarded to the end, and the cage was down, and Mankind was in there, and The Undertaker, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember this, and I meant to go back and just rewatch it, and I never got around to it. But I do know Mankind and The Undertaker came back out for the first blood match between Stone Cold and Kane, and at some point that cage came back down. Okay. Anyway – Back to this Hell in a Cell match. There wasn't much match to this. No. If you really sit down and realize, like, what's really going on during this match, there was a whole lot of time that was just, is Mick Foley okay? (laughs) There was so much time spent, you know, bringing the EMTs out, raise the cage a little bit so they can get them on the gurney, bring them up. Like, we remember all the big spots from the match, but don't really realize there wasn't a whole lot of match going on here. 
Yeah, like not at first. Well, see, here's the thing. I know you're talking about once he came back afterwards. That was also very brief. They didn't last very long. Once you got past the guy taking his shoes off after getting choke slammed, and Mankind and Undertaker started brawling. There was a bit of the match at the end with thumbtacks and all of those spots and the tombstone on the chair. Short, if you really look at how long that. Really oh yeah, the majority of the actual time spent for that Hell in a Cell match was people checking on McFoley, carting McFoley away. Even when he came back and he went through the top of the cell, which I'm sure everyone knows by now. But those of you who don't know, that was not a stage stunt. That was not supposed to happen. You can see the zip ties that broke laying next to Mick's broken body. You can also see the way he hits the mat. There is no give there. He was not supposed to go through the top of the cell. Undertaker even looked like, oh, fuck, what did I just do after it happened? I can see that, but also on the other half, I'm like, he specifically chokeslammed him on a piece of the cage that he wasn't standing on, so he wouldn't go through with him. So this is like... It was like he didn't expect it to break, but he like it might break. So if it does, I don't want to be there with him. Yeah, I could see that. So it's just like um, eh, I know what you mean, but at the same time, it's just like I think they suspect that it might, and just in case, I'm not going to stand there. I know what you're saying, though. There's a lot of iconic imagery from this match, which I think is why it was the match that was voted on in the Smack and Raw page. You have. Mick Foley with the tooth that was knocked out and traveled up to his nose, sticking yeah, out of his nose. Do you, does anybody know how it ended up in his nose? I do. Mick said that people thought he swallowed it and it came back out, but it actually, when he hit, it came up out of his mouth and just stuck in there. So it, he got he got it knocked out, but somehow when it came out of his mouth, went back up and in his nose? Yeah, it traveled up. So like out of his mouth, but then up in the nose. They did say, and I can't remember when I heard him talk about it, they did say they thought he bit a hole in his lip or put a hole in his lip. So maybe it went through the hole and into his nose. But uh, I do know he said that it didn't. he didn't swallow it. It didn't come out his nose. It went from his mouth up into his nose. But, like, I'm just trying to figure out how it goes from in your mouth to your nose. <sighs> I still don't have a real answer right now, and it bothers me. You have that. You have the iconic soundbite from JR. He's broken in half. Yeah, yeah. Good God Almighty. That killed him. That killed him. Yep. Um, Top and and the king was like, that's it. He's dead. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If I was, you know, watching that live, I'd have been like, yeah, he died. That's it. No more mankind. We get to see a tombstone in its prime as well as a mandible claw, which I can't remember the last time I saw a mandible claw. Like, not Socko, not the yeah. double arm DDT. Like, literally, fingers. Mandible claw, yeah. Yeah, fingers in the Undertaker's mouth, which I would not want McFoley's fingers in my mouth. We had thumbtacks, we had steel chairs, we had. People who shouldn't have been in the ring attending to Mick Foley getting tossed away by The Undertaker after they verified that he was going to be okay. I I believe those were Tom Pritchard's, the uh, medic that was checking on him. Why were his shoes just... 
well, you remember Undertaker choke slammed him. I believe he was choke slammed out of his shoes. <laughs> that's that's what I want to say. That's what I'm going with. Is he got choke slammed out of his shoes? Like I remember the shoes being there before, and I watched it again when we were like, "Yo, we're gonna talk about this." I'm like, I still don't understand why the shoes were there. Whose fucking shoes were those? So, Travis, tell me your thoughts on this match that you remember as a child compared to how you feel about it now rewatching it as an adult in their early thirties. When I first saw this, it was through highlights because I didn't see the pay-per-view itself because, you know, I didn't have money so I couldn't pay for the pay-per-view myself. And my parents said no, but I remember them talking about the match. Just like, yo, what would possess the Undertaker to throw him off the cage? Why would he throw him through the top of the cage? Why would he choke slam him on the tacks? Why would he do all this to mankind? And I'm just like, oh, that's so amazing. Why would he do that? And then I watched the match as an adult, and I'm just like, well, he was already up there. He just <laughs> tried to hit him with a chair. And Undertaker said, fuck that, and threw him off. Like, I get it. And then he's like, Foley oh. also dumped the thumbtacks out and then tried to put the Undertaker on him. Foley introduced the thumbtacks, exactly. And then, like, you know, they were up on the ca- top of the cage fighting. Mick Foley came back up on top of the cage. They just kept fighting. Undertaker chokes on him. He fell through the top. This was none of this was the Undertaker's fault. Fucking mankind brought all of this on himself. <laughs> Everything that happened to mankind in this match was mankind's fault. Like him getting thrown off originally because mankind decided he wanted to start the fucking match on top of the cage. All of this is his own fault. So you know what? I don't feel sorry for you. What I find interesting about this is if you actually pay attention to the commentary and what Jaren and the King are saying, they're essentially arguing who's more satanic. The King thinks that mankind is, and JR thinks it's this undertaker. I I get the Undertaker. I don't see how mankind is satanic or where Jerry got that from. Mankind is just out of his fucking mind. That's really all. Oh yeah, no, he's insane. Yeah, that's what that is. He's fucking crazy. You got any final thoughts? Uh, you want to give this a grade after going back and watching it as to uh, how good of a match it actually was. Yeah, it's the thing. Like I told you, there wasn't much match to this. So like remembering it versus what I actually saw again, it was just like, eh, I mean, C plus, you know? It had and, it had big moments, which is why it's not just an F, because if it wasn't for those big moments, it would be an F. But because of those big things, like, you know, mankind getting thrown off the top, getting slammed through the top, you know, it's just like, okay, bump it up to a C. Because there wasn't really much of a match there, you know? Tombstone on a chair. Yeah, it's it's those moments that happen, but between the two of them, it wasn't actually a match. It was just, you know, spots. And it was know. a brawl, but that was a lot of the Attitude Era. It was a lot more brawling and a lot less matches. There's a, there's a difference between them actually brawling because this was just like, oh, I'll throw them off the top or I'll slam them through the top. Like, it wasn't – they didn't, it didn't even really brawl. It was just – it really was just big spots. I can see that. Well, 
we are going to be talking about Hell in the Cell for the next two weeks. If you guys go to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash smacking it raw, you guys can vote on the next Hell in a Cell match that we talk about. I will be putting up a poll tomorrow and let it run through the week uh, or through the weekend so that Travis and I can watch it on Monday. I'm sure we'll know before then what we're watching. Um, also, you guys can go and check out our live SummerSlam post show that I was not a part of that Travis and the Rack did. It is on the Smack and a Raw Facebook group. You can also find that at facebook.com slash creation magazine. I really don't understand why you keep bringing him back. People seem to like him. I don't understand why. I don't get it either, but people seem to like him. Like he owes me an apology for being such <laughs> shit. Uh, Travis, they can find you on Twitter at Sir Cusselot. That is at S-I-R underscore C-U-S-S-A-L-O-T-T. And Instagram. And Instagram. You guys can find me on Twitter, but not Instagram at Matt Ritter. That is at M-A-T-T-R-I-D-D-E-R. You need to get on Instagram. I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you right now. I barely do Twitter. I'm definitely not going to do Instagram. Give me time. Travis, Creation Magazine, uh, or I'm sorry, the Creation Conversation is returning this Sunday, correct? That is correct. I believe 8 p.m. Let me check the calendar. Keep talking. I'm going to check the calendar. Um, we have some things that we can't talk about yet, but please keep an ear out. We will be making some announcements, some cool things coming for you. From Travis and I, wrestling-related stuff for you guys to look forward to. Also... Like I say every week, please, if you're watching this video or if you're listening to the podcast, like, subscribe, um, and rate the podcast. Give us five stars if you think we deserve it. I do. If you're watching this and you're on Facebook at either Creation Magazine or the Smack and Raw page, leave us some comments and talk to us. We try to talk back, and we like to hear what you guys think of what we said, what you guys think is going to happen, stuff like that. We will respond. Please do that. And, uh, if you're on Xbox and you play 2K18, go download all of the Smackin' It Raw wrestling stuff that has been updated and created. Um, it's all on there now. Hash, or the, yeah, the hashtag or keyword is SRW. Type that in. You guys will be able to find everything. Yes. And confirming, creation conversation, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time, Sunday. All right. Well, that is it for this episode. For Travis, I am Matt Ritter. We are Smackin' Raw, and we are that damn good.